good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you are, no matter what time it is, it's a great day to be serving the Lord. Welcome to the Go Ye There podcast. I'm your host, Leland Johnson, and we are so happy to be back with you after our summer break. How do we know that they had cars in Bible times? Because in Acts 2-1, the Bible says that they were all together in one accord. Let's head into the open. Automobiles have to be one of the most useful inventions ever made. I mean, they've revolutionized the way that we do ministry. We can minister to larger areas, bring more people in, and be where we need to be faster than ever. But let's be honest. Even in the U.S., the process of picking a good used car and keeping that car running is difficult. In a foreign country, that difficulty can be magnified a thousand times. As if people trying to take advantage of the rich American when buying a car wasn't bad enough, trying not to get ripped off every time you go to the repair shop can push you over the edge. I don't know that I've seen many missionaries that at one time or another haven't requested funds for a new vehicle or a vehicle repair that they're needing. In today's episode, we're going to talk with Robbie Dillmore, the Christian car guy. Robbie has a weekly radio program in North Carolina that helps people tackle the tough car issues. And today, he's going to help us kick the tires, as they say, on such an important area for missionaries. Let's get started. Robbie Dillmore is the Christian car guy. Through his weekly radio show, their goal is to bring the kingdom of God to lives through the automotive platform. They also run the Jesus Labor of Love Ministry to help widows and single moms with emergency car repairs. They also maintain a list of Christian car care centers across the country in an effort to try and help Christians with this difficult area. Robbie, it is so great to have you joining us today. Yeah, how exciting to talk to the other end of the world. <laughs> you know, let me start off by asking you. You know, when missionaries head off to a different country, you know, there's a lot of things that we have to be experts in that we may not have been experts in before leaving. And one of those areas is in buying a car. And I think a lot of times we as men try to act like we know what we're doing when we really don't. So maybe you could help us out by telling us when we go to buy a car, what are some things that we're really supposed to be looking for? Well, even I, uh, who've been doing this all my life, when it comes to actually buying a car that you're going to trust, especially to ship overseas or that kind of thing, I recommend to everybody that they actually take it to the dealer of that particular maker model that they're looking at. In other words, I'm assuming you're buying a used car. But in all cases, rather than me try to figure out what might be going on with that car, I would say to the person selling the car, is it all right if I take this over to the Nissan dealer and have them check it out? And obviously, what are they going to say? But sure. So, And if they didn't say that, I would be really wary. They always say yes. And so then you take over, and it will cost you you know, $100 or so maybe to have the Nissan car store check it out. And so you don't want to do that with every single car you're necessarily looking at. But when you find the one that you think is the one, that will be a really good $100 that you spend because the Nissan store knows exactly what that particular model, that brand, you know, where its weak points are. And so when you tell them to check this car out, 
I'm thinking about buying it. They know exactly where to look because they look at those cars, that same model, every single day. And, and yes, they'll charge you a little bit to do that, but likely they will find a list of things. Once you have that list of things, you now have a great negotiating tool to go back to the person selling the car with to say, hey, I took it over the Nissan store. They said it needed a, a CV boot and it needed a, you know, this grommet or whatever in the world they, they said and that they had an estimate here of, you know, $350. So you see that you're asking $69.95 for it. Would you consider taking that $350 off that I'm going to have to invest in a CV boot? And, and thus, you not only have confidence that the car has been looked at by somebody who really knows what the car is, but then you also have that bit of a negotiating tool as well. Of course, Nowadays, they have car faxes and things that the dealer can run for free for you if you ask him to. You say, do you guys belong to Carfax? Well, every dealer does. And so you say, well, while you're checking it out for me, would you mind having each car department run the Carfax on it so you don't end up having to pay for one? You get it at the same point in time. You get it checked out, and now you know if it's been an accident and all those kind of things. And so you, you have, you know, as they say in Proverbs, you know, with what the counselors plan succeed. So you, you're bringing the people that actually do know something about that into your transaction. And now you're armed. So let me ask you, you know, maybe I'm already in a foreign country. Should I look at taking it to just a regular mechanic if a dealership isn't available? Or what would you recommend in that situation? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, and I'm glad you asked that because it, it kind of leads into another thing that I think all of us struggle with is finding that quote-unquote good mechanic, somebody you can trust. You know, this is a really good place to offer up a prayer request, which, by the way, it's a really good place to offer up a prayer request when you're buying a car. You know, by all means, that's before you ever ask anybody else to check it out for you. Ask Jesus <laughs> do what he thinks. Hmm. But if I'm going to try to find a place to check out a car in a foreign country, or even a mechanic in a foreign country, I would first of all go to whatever group and, and ask them to be praying for wisdom for that. But then it's an interesting thing. The parts stores are kind of like the nurses. You know, if you go to the hospital and you begin to ask the nurses, they know exactly which are the good doctors. And similarly, in the car business, the parts people know the good mechanics. The reason is, is, and I was a parts person, and this is how I knew this before I was a service manager, was as a parts person, you know which guys are always bringing back parts because it didn't fix the problem. And you know which guys are, <laughs> are the ones that are actually fixing the cars. And so if you go to the local Napa store or whatever it is that, that is the parts supplier in that town or wherever it is that you are, and ask those guys, they will tell you who in town knows what they're doing, especially about that particular brand of cars. You know, they go, oh, well, you know, you're looking at a Fiat. Well, the Fiat expert in town is this guy. And they know because they're the guys selling them the parts. And they know, are these the guys fixing the cars or not? So it's a really good uh, way to find out that wisdom is, you know, ask the people that work with them all the time. Wow. What a terrific tip that I know I would have never thought of in just where to look. Now, let me ask you this question. What are some simple things that I can do on my own to keep my car running longer? In my show, I love to play the clip from Barney Five saying, nip it in the bud. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he would always say, nip it in the bud. You got to nip it in the bud. And so when you begin to hear something or feel a vibration or something's not right and you sense that, and actually a driver has a better sense a lot of times than a mechanic of what might be wrong with the car because you're feeling it all the time. You're hearing it. You're smelling it and all those 
senses that you have, you get an idea that something's going on. When you know that something is, begin to look into what that might be. You know, you check your dipstick and you find it's, it's low on oil. Well, is it leaking oil? Is it blowing smoke out the back? You know, that begins to the thought process of why is it doing this thing? You know, if it begins to vibrate in the front end, you know, have a look at the tires. Are the tires looking cupped? Or are they looking you know, like there's a bubble on the side of it? Is there something that's obvious that, that you can see that would be the reason that I'm experiencing this issue? Now, something that's happened in the last 20 years, it's just a phenomenal thing. You know, all of us wish we had fathers that would have taught us everything about fixing cars. Well, we now have the ultimate father figure, and it's called YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I am shocked often. Like my, my wife has a Toyota Camry, a 2003, and uh, the conditioning light on the dash started flashing and it started blowing hot air. And of course, I'm more of a Chrysler GM guy. And so I wasn't certain why this thing is flashing. So I just did a YouTube. Why is the AC light flashing on my wife's Toyota Camry? And up comes this video of this guy that says, oh, well, that's a relay that's in your fuse box and if you go look in the fuse box it's right here and he pulls it out and he goes if you wrap on this thing with a screwdriver twice real hard bang bang it'll fix it for six months <laughs> and sure enough <laughs> i went out there popped the, i mean anybody could have done it popped the fuse box out wrapped on that relay twice and boom my wife's air conditioner she thought i was a genius i was a hero cost me absolutely nothing but looking on youtube but time and again whether it's replacing a windshield wiper blade or, or or fixing anything simple that looks like you'd be shocked at how YouTube has given you the exact blow-by-blow blow for your make and model. My, my daughter's uh, Volkswagen, I needed to replace the headlights on it. And I went out there and looked, and I went, oh, my word, how do I get to the bulb? Look on YouTube, and here's this beautiful video of how exactly to release these really strange clips. You know, exactly the tool, to, how to how to bend a wire coat hanger in order to get to it and all this stuff. I'm like, man, it's like, having a dad that's done this before and he's going to show you how to go out and do it wow that that is terrific now let me ask you about youtube though because you can learn everything on youtube from how to change a light bulb in the car headlamp in the car which i've done before to how to retune your your engine where do you draw the line as to where i should mess with it and where i shouldn't Exactly, because, you know, here, here's here's the thing. Some of this stuff is dangerous. Like, you've got airbag components that are in the steering column, and you go on YouTube, and it says, oh, here's how you replace the ignition switch. And you go pushing the wrong button without disconnecting the battery, and the next thing you know, you got a, a, a airbag blowing up in your face, possibly snapping your neck. So if you don't feel comfortable <laughs> in that area, and when you watch the YouTube video, it takes some discernment, and again, prayer and wisdom, to say, are these people that teaching this look like shade tree mechanics or are these people that are actually telling me, look, disconnect the battery before you even start this process, make sure you do this, this, and you can kind of tell by the way that they are approaching it. People that are good mechanics have a very systematic approach and they have step one, step two, step three, step four, step five, and you get a sense of that in watching the video. But again, if you're at all uncomfortable, realize that when it comes comes to dealing with something electrical, when it comes to dealing with brakes, you know, fuel systems, there's some really dangerous stuff working around in there. And if, if you're not comfortable, why not go to the park store and ask that guy 
which by the way, that's absolutely free. What's involved in replacing that or whatever? What should I be careful of? What should I be concerned of? Or who would be the best guy to go see? Because again, those parks guys are involved in it all the time. And nowadays, you know, like if you go to an auto zone or someplace like that, a lot of the stuff, they'll go out and put your windshield wiper blades on or they'll replace your battery and all that stuff. They won't charge you anything. They just want to sell you the park. You know, that's that's really great suggestions and great information. Let me ask you this one last question and we'll finish up. You know, I think all of us, whether we're in the United States or whether we're in a foreign country, we're always afraid of maybe being taken advantage of by a mechanic because we don't actually know, even though we may act as if we know when they're telling us what's wrong, we don't really understand it. So maybe they say replace this part or replace this and it doesn't need to be done. How do we try and fight against getting ripped off at a mechanic? Well, like so many things in life, you know, slow down. Don't put your position where you got to make a decision right this minute. Ask the person if they could go think about it, talk about it, get a second opinion. Anybody ever emails me, I, I do my best to try to turn that around in, in a short order because I realize that they're needing help on whatever level. Again, you probably have somebody in your life. It may not be me, but I'm always open to help anybody. That's what, that's what I do. But somebody in your life knows something about that and just – slow down. I don't have to make a decision right this minute. Let me make a call to my father, meaning the God, the father. And then while I'm talking to him, who might I ask that would know something about this? Because I'm not sure. And I would also say I would always fall on the side of trusting that mechanic, that if I had to make a decision myself and I didn't have some, most people don't wake up in the morning trying to figure out how to rip you off. They, and they're, they, mechanics don't tend to be personality people, you know, so they don't come across real friendly and all that kind of stuff because they, they were working with cars because they like cars. <laughs> if they wanted to work with people, they'd go be a salesman somewhere. But And so they don't necessarily have that personality. But most of the time, it's been my experience, that they're trying to work through their own, this is the way I think this needs to happen to fix this car. And they may be absolutely wrong, but they believe they're telling the truth. They believe they're right or they, they you know, so I always want to have grace because I, I know Jesus, you know, that's the beauty. I love John, <laughs> that Jesus is full of grace and truth and grace means favor. And so when you're in Jesus's presence, you feel like, man, I he really, I am his favorite. Well, do people feel like that when you're in their presence? In other words, does that mechanic feel like you're treating them with favor? Like, you know, everywhere we go, especially if we have that, that that title of missionary or something like that, people are looking to see what's in there. And if I don't trust you, that comes off pretty quickly, and, and it doesn't feel good, and it feels like I'm judging you. You know, we never want to give that off because my witness is actually more important than saving 20 bucks. Hmm. Um, my witness is more important, actually, than saving any amount of money if it means I can save that guy's life. I mean by going to heaven. Now, I know that I had said that was the last question, but let me ask you just this one other question <laughs> no, it's because okay. it's it's such, you're given such great information, especially in in third world countries, but really even in the United States, sometimes you can get a guy that can fix it and he can do it for, let's say, $100, or you have this shop this large shop that can fix it, and let's say it's $300. Is it ever a good idea 
to get the guy because missionaries all deal with money issues. You know, the when the support's going to oh, come yeah. in, how much is coming in. So we're always looking for ways to cut costs. And the question is, is it okay to get this guy that just runs it out of his garage or this small shop to do something because we're going to save money? Or do we need to have that thought process of it's more important to spend the money and get it done at a place that's larger? Uh, again, it takes a lot of discernment. In this country, you know, and, and certainly in like England or France or countries like that, there's insurance issues. So if a guy's working out of his garage and something happens and he leaves, you know, a bolt off of the back axle and the wheel falls off and somebody ends up getting you know, hurt, bad, and whatever, and it comes back on a liability, and this guy has no insurance. You can find yourself like my friend who called me at 6 o'clock in the morning with charges on, you know, all sorts of things that happen as a result of that. So if it's a small shop, it's okay as long as they still have insurance. So a guy working out of his garage scares me because he doesn't have the insurance to cover what it is that he's doing. And so, you know, that, that, that takes a little sermon. Now, if you're in a third-world country, you know, I don't know how many people out there have insurance and those kind of things. And so you're looking at, is it worth spending $300? Well, here's here's the other side of that, that if you go to a Nissan dealer to get this particular repair done, you now have their warranty, which is going to be more extensive. You also would have the ability to call Nissan themselves if there was a problem down the road. In other words, you aligned yourself more with the manufacturer and what's going on there, and that has benefits at some point in time. It's hard to say what the trade-off is, and then certain repairs, like if I was going to go replace a, a transmission or an engine, and I can afford the, the association with the manufacturer, you know, obviously there's a better warranty and there's all those connections there. But, you know, if I'm replacing a, a water pump or something like that, you know, it may not be worth the trade-off. And you, again, another place where why not get a second opinion? Why not ask somebody, would you do this there or here? Or based on this information, what do you think? Because if you'll slow down and ask the question, ask God for wisdom, and, and ask some people generally, you're going to find God's going to come through for you. <laughs> Amen. Robbie, that is terrific information. And I know that this is one of those areas that we just try and figure out on our own because we don't know who to call or what the right thought process is. And your information is certainly a blessing. Before you go, I know that you had mentioned that maybe people can contact you with a question. Could you give us some contact information as to how someone may be able to get in contact with you? Sure. My my radio show is Christian Car Guy. So if you go to ChristianCarGuy.com, my emails are all over the place. It's there under my you know, bio. It's there. You know, under Ask an Expert, you can not only ask me, but my Christian body shop guy, my Christian insurance guy, my Christian junkyard guy, all their emails. My experts are all listed there. So if you've got questions along those lines, they want it. That's, you know, they're all in it for the ministry, believe me. And and they want to help. And if, if you know, you tell them that you're off in a third world country, they're going to be extra careful and, and try to help you in any way, shape or form. It's all there at ChristianCarGuy.com. Robbie, thank you so much for your help with this, and thank you so much for your time today. I know it's going to be a blessing to many, many missionaries around the world to help them continue serving the Lord. Oh, how fun. It's awesome. Thank you for having me. I was a real honor. God bless. You know, it's so great to be back with you after such a long layoff. 
We had planned to take a short break and be back in a few weeks, but our ministry schedule became such that we couldn't get started back right away. We're still in the middle of pastoring a challenging work for another missionary who's on furlough, and we're going to be doing our best to release episodes every two weeks throughout the end of the year when he returns. But obviously, the ministry comes first, so please be patient with us. We've really appreciated the notes we've been receiving about how excited you are about having us coming back from break. We always love to hear from you. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter at Go Ye There, all one word, or you can visit us on our website at www.goyethere.com. Now, let me encourage you, on the website, you can sign up to receive an email every time that there's a new episode released, and that may be important to you this fall as our release schedule becomes a little bit more infrequent. So let me encourage you to go and do that. In our next show, we're going to be talking about the ominous subject that faces every single missionary, being dropped by churches. We're going to be talking with Pastor Dan Brown of the Kendall Park Baptist Church in New Jersey about some ideas and thoughts that he has about how to keep our support base solid. We hope that you'll